1: Well, I know this is ridiculous, but I just want to apologize for this podcast being somewhat of like 10 or 11 hours late. It would have been up sooner, but all the power in my neighborhood went out. So I had no ability to get my desktop powered up, but here we are. So without further ado, let's go to this week's sermon. Ladies and gentlemen of the Church of Kako, I thank you so much for coming to another week of the sermon. But this week we have a very special guest, very special. I know you're all excited, but before we get to that, I want to just say hello to you and have you say it back. Ladies and gentlemen, after you. Oh, my heart is so warm from those chants. I love those hymns. They always make me feel good and alive. And before we get to our special very guest, who I think you know who it is, our Tammy Panarin. Let us ask our Lord and Savior if he has any advice to him about what it's like living in New York. I just arrived in New York. Wow, it's a nice city. Oh my god, Kako, thank you so much for those wise words of wisdom. You always know the right thing to say, and that's the best part about you, Lord and Savior. Please join us as we begin to break bread for the first time here together as New York Rangers fans, as we begin a new era where our Tammy Panarin, this man, he joins the New York Rangers and joins the Church of Kako to join forces into an era of good. Please, welcome. Artemi Panarin Can we give it up for this man? Artemi Panarin? He took less money to be part of the New York Rangers than the Church of Kako What a deed Alright, before we get going Before we get to the show, Blue Shirts Breakaway Let's just open our hymns, books One more time, the Church of Kako book To page Artemi Panarin 27, and you'll sing this hymn With me, here we go
2: Bread's all I want to eat. B-R-E-A-D. I love bread and bread loves me. B-R-E-A-D. I love bread and bread.
1: Breakaway fans, welcome to an outstanding week of the Bushrich Breakaway. I am your host, as per always, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, it is July 1st, 2019, and Greg McEgg is a New York Ranger. Say hello.
2: It, it's Greg McEgg season,
1: baby! <laughs> it, we've waited such a long time. You and I, we've been saying it for years. The Rangers are going to sign Greg McEgg. And because of that, we're going to playoff contender. I love what Davidson's done. Uh, your reaction to the the biggest signing of the
2: day, Greg McKaig. Um, I have a lot of sticker ideas for our Patreon for Greg mckay <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about it just about all day. It's it's we're gonna have Sarah Sivian on the podcast one of these weeks coming up as mm-hmm. soon as the Hurricanes decide to calm the fuck down themselves. Uh, and I know she's, she's 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 not gonna be too thrilled that uh the the G McKay is no more with the hurricanes but enough about greg mccag uh, i guess we should get to the big news of the day
1: i did meet Capo Capo. thank islanders. you for asking
2: <laughs> <laughs> i was going to say the islanders have been sign artemi panarin oh that, was, that one that was the lead story oh yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. you know you know what i hate to see greg you hate to see mm. that especially no. oh, especially, especially when john davidson comes on a call and he's like you know artemi panarin really wants to be here in new york you know specifically with the rangers oh man that is tough to Just, hear
2: just, uh, I, we're going to get to you and Kako. Oh, that's way, that. way later. Just this is way more nonsense. important. Yeah. Just, I, how depressing of a day was yesterday?
1: For the Knicks fans? Because
2: we're both, <laughs> yeah. It, could you, like, it's it was one of those things where it, it really felt like free agency couldn't have gone worse. And I, I was, I'm not going to lie, I'm not the biggest Knicks fan in the world, but I was feeling I'm
1: lifelong Nets really
2: fan. low yep. and really down about myself. And I was just assuming, I I, I I gave in like you did. I mean, none of the reports yesterday were that Panarin was even thinking of the Rangers. Everything sure sounded like it was going to be either Florida or the Islanders. I was a um, defeated
1: man, Greg. I was sitting here like, this is no, there's no, I went on another show. I was like, there's no way it happens. He's using Islanders as leverage and he's going to Florida. It's a done deal. Write it down. So... Uh, it came out of nowhere when this morning it was like, it's between New York Rangers and New York Islander. And it was like, uh, what? And then I got, well, I, I got a little we knew, tip we knew, about Jimmy VC. We, we knew
2: the Panthers were, we knew yesterday the Panthers were out of it sometime around like eight o'clock because uh, the report came out that they were going to sign Brett Connolly and the Panthers had just enough cap space to make big time offers for Bobrovsky and Panarin. As soon as they sign, um, Connelly, we, th- it took him out of the running. They weren't going to be able to open up any more space outside of that. But even then, it still felt like he was going to be an Islander. And I even, I just, I just, from where I was sitting, there, nothing is more true in the world than rich guys have the biggest egos in the history of the world. I know exactly where the, you're I going I with this, at, but yes. Yeah, yeah just if, you, if you're rich and you have money, you have an ego. That's basically how you also got rich. I or you got like, really you lucky and you inherited it. Yeah, so. I just I couldn't think of a situation where I get I I trust me, I understand it that Knicks fans, basketball fans couldn't be more out on James Dolan. Just really couldn't. Mm. At the same time, if I'm James Dolan, there is just no scenario where I'm letting I'm not letting the Barclays Center be the home of Artemi Panarin, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Uh, At some point go they're gonna How
1: could you? You're gonna be like, we're gonna let the bar- the guys in Brooklyn have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and we're gonna let them sign another major free agent star away from us? There's no way it happens. But some credits to New York Rangers. Supposedly the rumors were that the Islanders were offering 12.5 million. And Artemi Panarin still came to the Rangers organization. Now, who's who was that decision? Whose man is it? Because supposedly, Alice, his wife, was the person that like made the decision. She was like, I'm not living there. We're living in New York City. I'm go- <laughs> We're going to Ranger games. We're not going to be an Islander. So it could have been her call after all. But I don't know if that had more to do with Dolan, but Dolan in general has been an amazing owner for the Rangers, like, what, all year? Like, just hands off, Davidson, all the hires have been phenomenal. What, what can I really say about Dolan that's negative? For the Rangers, that is.
2: You can't, you, you really can't do it. He's been the perfect owner in terms of a hockey team, because he spends when he can spend. He does what his front office wants him to do. And he basically stays away outside of that. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. It, I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Dolan on the Knicks because it, it truly really it, seems it's, depressing. It, it's a joyous
1: day because Breadman has cometh and he will be joining our dear friends, our Lord and Savior, Capo along with the other impressive prospects and Vitaly Krastov, etc. So, I uh, I just want to get, like, we, we spent the morning together, kind of, not together, separately, together just trying to be hopeful in some sort of way, hoping that Panera would get here. I never really thought that would happen. If he did sign for 12 million plus, I was kind of going to be wishy-washy. We're going to get into all the kind of breaking down what that means yeah, for the rest why? of the team.
2: My, my question with that is why? I thought, like, what what, is, right, what I, does it matter? What does an extra $400,000 a year matter?
1: It doesn't really. Uh, and that's something I try to convince myself of. But, you know, when you start talking to yourself like, okay, if this happens, I'll be like this way. And if this happens, I'll be another way. I was sort of convincing myself all week, like, okay, if the Panarin doesn't sign with the Rangers, like, that's okay. Like, things are fine. We're rebuilding. He doesn't fit the timeline. I I seriously felt that way where I was like, he doesn't, really doesn't fit it. I, the more I read, the more it, it seemed like Panarin, like, would age gracefully, quote unquote, with with his contract. I mean, he'll be, what, 34 when it's over? That's like not he's, he's still going to be a pretty good hockey player at the end of his contract. So I, I did come around to it, but I think if we paid 13 million, you'd, you'd kind of be like, okay, that's a lot. Right. Or even then you'd, you would have been like, that's fine.
2: No, I, because it, it's not like the salary cap stays static. And everything we've been hearing is that the salary cap next year is going to have a minimal increase. And then in two years, as soon as the TV money kicks in, the salary cap is going to take a ma- a major Bump, and the same thing that happens in two years when the salary cap bumps is Brendan Smith is off the books. Kevin Shattenkirk is off the books. Mark Stahl is off the books. Henrik Lundqvist is off the books. Maybe the Rangers open up something like, well, no, he's he's off the books. He's not going to sign for eight and a half million dollars. That's true. If he wants to come back to the Rangers, that's true. So he's off the books. The Rangers, those four guys alone, I think, clear north of twenty million dollars. So, and in in the we we really have to think of like. All right, fine. You you say $13 million for Panarin would have been too much. Let's just play this hypothetical out. Sure. Who do the Rangers need to pay for that to be a prohibitive cost? Currently, nobody. They're,
1: I mean, they need to pay, yeah. like, Kreider, maybe. Uh, we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Uh, maybe Bucznevich. Other than that, oh, Jacob Truba, he's a the person they're going to pay. I think that's already done, if I'm being honest. I know it's not done and reported, yeah, they, but it feels done.
2: With, with the 11.6 on the books, the Rangers still have north of $10 million of open cap space right now. So the Rangers, if the Rangers truly just don't want to make any other moves, they can extend Truba and call it a day. But of course, that's not going to happen because D'Angelo, they still have to figure out. Uchnevich, they still have to figure out. To a lesser extent, Brendan Lemieux, they still have to figure out. Um, it. There really wasn't going... This is the beauty of what the Rangers have done over the last 18 months. They've put themselves in a situation where they're in such a good financial standing with the salary cap. They could really do whatever the fuck they want. And it's not really that prohibitive because the, it's simple how the Rangers open up more money. They can, the second buyout window will open up. The Rangers can buy out as at most two guys. I'd expect Brendan Smith to be one of them. If they can't trade him before then. Um, you, there's going to be interest in Vlad Domestikov, especially if the Rangers decide to retain 50% of his salary. Oh. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're at a crossroads with Kevin Chat They're gonna have to do something, and it's sure. I still refuse to believe that Kevin Shattenkirk at fifty percent retained will not be an some sort of value to some GM. Right, but I I, I, think I do think that's that coming happens. too. Yeah, I, so it's not like the Rangers are necessarily hurting for options for ways to create more cap space. This is a team. That has put themselves in a perfectly fine situation, and you know what? I, I mean, I think we're trying to stay off Panarin all the time, but it's hard to talk. It really is hard to talk about Panarin without talking about the future of Chris Kreider. Um, it's quite hard because this from, is
1: this is where it gets a little dicey, right? Whereas, I I think, and you and I think that the Chris Kreider era in New York City is kind of done, but has the Panarin signing changed that in any single way? My gut still says no mostly because I think they still see him as a valuable asset they can trade and get pieces for. I think other teams out there that missed out on free agents, such as Lee, such as, I mean, teams. what, what teams would be interested in Kreider? Automatically, like Vegas is a team. Or the Avalanche reportedly didn't want to trade the 16th overall pick, which I get for Chris Kreider. There's going to be a lot of teams out think, there.
2: I don't think Vegas can even afford Kreider at this point with where they are with the cap. Um, I, I think it would be Poetic uh if for, for the canadians to call, call calling with prider oh, boy that would be because quite a good time wouldn't it yeah they're not getting aho aho's he's going to have his contract matched oh, the offer and sheet. by by signing the offer sheet the canadians have put themselves in a situation where they really can't make any moves for the next week so they've already lost out on anders lee um who signed for for a reasonable
1: contract by the way to the islanders i was hoping it would be more but it's reasonable yeah
2: seven seven over seven by seven is fine it's crazy that kevin hayes is making more money than andrews lee but that is the world we live in um look the the panthers didn't get the guy they wanted yep the panthers didn't get the guy they wanted so they're still an option um we mentioned the canadians the blackhawks didn't get the guy they wanted so they're an option there are plenty of teams the stars—they brought in Joe Pavelski, but the, the stars now have a hole on the wing since Zuccarello once again left. Yeah, so big bummer for us. Option. Just to
1: quickly go through that, like, what do you what did you think about the Zuc contract going to Minnesota? It gets five years and a ten team no move contract. That's pretty good.
2: Like, yeah, you understand why the stars didn't want to match that offer. I don't think it had any. I'm sure it had something to do with the fact that if the stars resigned, they'd have to su- uh, surrender a first round pick. But at the same time, you just look at the contract the Wild gave Matt Zuccarello and you can forget about the stars claiming that it was a, a salary. It's not a salary. Um, draft pick compensation that kept him away. It's just it's the same thing we've been talking about on this podcast. Why do why would you give Matt Zuccarello a five year deal at this point in his career? Why? Why are you doing that? Because you, he's got a lizard tongue. That's why you're doing it. Paul Fenton. Uh,
1: dude, the lizard tongue thing is really weird. Like, there is some creepy, w- weird stuff you say on Twitter, but to be like, yeah, we like Matt Girl because of his lizard tongue ability. You're like, uh, excuse me? What, what did you say? Uh, 2019, man. You can't be
2: saying that shit anymore. Listen,
1: I know he lost the ability to speak. He doesn't have a lizard tongue. Come on, guy. It's mean. All right. Anyway, keep moving on.
2: <laughs> yeah, so there, <laughs> there are options for Chris Kreider, and they could honestly go back to the the avalanche and try and find a trade there. It's just, it's a lot, let me put it this way. It's a lot easier to trade a first round pick when you don't know where that first round pick will be selecting. Right. So it's, it's easier to trade for a future first than it is to trade definitively for the 16th overall pick in the draft, because you have a pretty good idea as to what will be available at 16th overall. But if, if, if the Rangers go up to some of these teams with 2020 in mind and say, you're going to be a playoff team. You're gonna, you're one piece away from going on a, a deep Stanley Cup run. Chris Kreider can help you there. It's a lot easier to convince a team that they're actually trading the 30th or 31st overall pick than it is to tell a team, 16. "Hey, by the way, we need pick number 16."
1: Well, on top of that, well, the 2020 draft, I have, I have a feeling someone's not going to be trading that pick. Just hands up, I don't know, probably not. Uh, from everything I've read about it, the thing is, now that, that we've signed,
2: GMs, GMs are still fucking stupid. Like that that's the thing we can we keep talk all day lesson, until we're we? blue in the face yes yeah we can talk all day until we're blue in the face about how teams won't hold on to the twenty twenty first round pick because the draft is loaded gms are fucking stupid it's really <laughs> that simple so it's i don't think there are at least 15 gms that haven't thought at all about the 2020 draft at this that can't point, be true and they're it not going to think true, about the 2020 Greg. draft
1: it just can't and, like uh, right it has to like it's it there's no, like, some some of these guys, like, it has to be at least, like, five people, right? Like, five of them haven't thought about it really that much, but everyone knows, like, people that don't understand hockey drafts know that this is the number one draft in, like, many, many years. So there's no way they're going to trade those first-round draft picks. I just have a very hard time yeah. to believe that. I, but I don't. I, th- that I time will like... come where I will eat those, these words. very It will come very quickly. Um, but now that we've it's... signed Artemi Panarin, I, I have to pose the question at least. Is it worth exploring or at least thinking about extending Chris Kreider for a couple of years, because he's a guy that can really help you become a contending team. Uh, I think we're going to talk if we're a contender or not pretty soon. I guess we could do that now. Now that Artemi Panarin is a Ranger, if we do end up keeping Chris Kreider, and even if we do trade Chris Kreider, are we a playoff contender? Because my gut says yes, and maybe I'm wrong.
2: If the, Rangers, if the Rangers don't make any other moves for the rest of the offseason, this right. team... With Panarin is in the wild card conversation. Even with how much their defense is going to struggle this year, because the the elephant in the room is even with Truba, the Rangers' defense, especially on the left side after Shea, is a nightmare. So it's it it's hard to really see the Rangers being like a top three team in the Metro. Um, but it's well, super easy. It's super easy to see this team competing for a playoff spot, and it's just I. I don't think the Rangers rebuild is far enough along where they should be making lo- Chris Kreider's long-term future should have nothing to do with our Temi Panarin, right? We should be able to look at because really, I, I feel like it absolutely
1: does. Like if, if, if we didn't have him, I think there was a hundred percent chance he's gone. And now I feel like eh, 90, 85.
2: I, I would still, I still say it's, I still say it's above 90. It just, I, I don't think the long. My real point here is the long-term question about is Chris Kreider worth extending? Is the price of Chris Kreider going to be worth the extension? The fact that you have Artemi Panarin is not the reason why that conversation should change tenor. Because I just, I, I, I just think you have to look at the guys independently. It, it's really, it, it really gets down to that. Do you want to pay Chris Kreider in the neighborhood of seven million dollars annually? over the next six-plus years. I just I don't think Kreider ages the same way someone like
1: Panarin, Panarin does? ages. Yeah, I agree yeah, with you. It's,
2: I, I'm uncomfortable giving Chris Kreider a long-term deal. I don't think the Rangers have to do it. I don't think it's something that with Panarin, they're more required. If anything, Panarin should make it life easier for trading Chris Kreider.
1: It sort of does, because to- if you're telling me that we're, we'd give – Chris Kreider seven seven the the Anders Lee contract ooh sorry um I just don't know if that happens I just I can't see being like okay Panarin you're here now the next seven years you're here you have to play with Chris Kreider too like his game's probably gonna wear out he's he's built for speed right in size and he's not exactly a finesse player he's a great two way player but I'm not sure how long that lasts into his thirties and I I can't imagine I was wary about signing Panarin because of the timeline. Chris Kreider, who is my favorite player outside of the, our Lord and savior, Capocacco. I can't say now I'd I'd feel very good about signing him to a long-term deal. So I do feel like he'll be traded before the Rangers take the ice this year.
2: Yeah. And it just, it goes back to the fact that with Panarin and with a soon to be Truba extension, the Rangers have to create more cap space. So it's, it's pretty easy. Chris Kreider will be the easiest asset. The Rangers could move if they want to move. And it, I just, I don't, I don't think the Chris Kreider conversation <laughs> should change because Artemi Panarin is now a Ranger. I just, the question hey, of if hey, the ranger, it, it's kind of like, hey, it's kind of like Kevin Hayes, right? Greg. Just because, what? Artemi Panarin's a Ranger. You ever think about that? He sure is. You ever think about he that? Sure is. That's good shit. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's basically the Kevin Hayes conversation all over again because, it, I don't know, I just. It's hard to really put in the words, and that's great because this is a spoken medium, so mm. it's it's wonderful. Are you be, saying this uh, is a
1: this is a podcast where people listen to our opinions and can't see anything else we're doing or what we're wearing? It,
2: yeah, it just it doesn't make for me. I I get that Chris Kreider's a fan favorite, just like I understood Matt Zuccarello was a fan favorite, just like I understood Kevin Hayes. Well, Chris Kreider was feels like that the last
1: true Ranger from those golden days left, right? Like Hank, obviously, but one of the position players. Whereas. He's like, the Matt's left, and then Crier's really the last guy. Uh, Stahl, I guess, is around, but are we counting Stahl? The corpse of Mark no. <laughs> We're not. So he's sort of the, the last glory guy from the cup runs, and that's why people are so attached. And I get it. I love Chris Kreider. I love his personality. I think he's funny. I think he, he doesn't really speak nine languages, but ever, that's the best myth anyone's ever portrayed about him, ever. Um, I just don't see him taking the ice for the Rangers. And I thank him for his service, and I'm very excited that – our Panarin here to, to heal that wound because I would have been a lot more upset about it if, uh, if he wasn't.
2: I'd... Well, let me, put, let me put it this way. I think it's a damn near guarantee that one of Chris Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich will not be a New York Ranger on opening night.
1: Let me put it this way. I think it might be
2: both. I think it might um... be both. I I will I can honestly say this. You know where I stand on bridge deals. I, I, do.
1: I do. I do. I I fucking hate them. They're terrible. And from what we were told, Pavel Bushnevich is only really willing to sign a two-year bridge deal. That's a random rumor that we kind of believe.
2: I will say this. I don't have the impetus to trade. So this is this is actually I feel like the should the Rangers hold on to Kreider this year because they might be a playoff team situation is actually what we should be saying about Pavel Buchnevich on a two-year bridge deal. Should the Rangers just bridge Buchnevich because two more years of Buchnevich could actually be beneficial for guys like Kravstov, Kako, others. Having that kind of oh, guy worse. in your lineup for two you years plus. Yeah. Well, I I, I think it's – we're going to get to Hedo in a second. I have, I have thoughts on him. But we, have, we have so it's many just, thoughts. It's, it's one of those things that uh, I, I think if, if Buchnevich wants to be a Ranger for two more years and is productive in those two years, it's great for the players around him. And it doesn't 100% matter if he's not a New York Ranger long-term. Whereas Chris Kreider, the, the, the difference in the, the conversation with Kreider is we're talking about Chris Kreider for one year or Chris Kreider for seven and there's no in-between because Chris Kreider is not going to accept A four-year deal or lower. There's no no way Chris Kreider.
1: He'll only accept seven-year deals because that—that's how he's going to get paid out. This is his last big contract,
2: right? So unless you're, I I just don't think Chris Kreider is a foundational type player on the next Stanley Cup contending team for the New York Rangers. I think he's a great. We've had this. He's basically like a a lesser man's Jeff Skinner, where you love to have him. A playoff team needs him, but at the same time, he's not. If you had, you can win with or without Chris Kreider, one way or the other. A guy like Pavel Buchnevich is of this similar vein. He is a non foundational piece that is a really good third or fourth banana that can help your team play competitive hockey. And the Rangers have put themselves in a position with this rebuild where Pavel Buchnevich no longer has to be part of the foundation which is something that we've always talked about him needing to be or wanting him to be. And the simple fact now is if the Rangers just want to use Pavel Bucinevich as I'm trying to think of a, like a really good comparison for Bucnevich, like, like if they want Jeff to Miguel. use him as. Like are, an,
1: a third line winger. So we are trying to say, Yeah, like, an, like
2: basically how the Capitals decided to use Andre oh, Burakovsky the last two, three years like if that's what the rangers want buchnevich to be a middle six winger who provides scoring upside who they see as a winning piece but not a foundational piece i'm now in a position where it totally fucks with it man that's cool if he wants to do it if he wants to sign a bridge deal go for it i don't feel the need before if the rangers didn't sign panarin and buchnevich wanted a bridge deal i would have i mean i have been team trade him uh now i'm just i, I think it i think it's fine it's basically like treat Bochnevich like the Rangers were treating Jimmy VC before today. The difference being Boochnevich is actually good.
1: Yeah, I'd rather well, I think Butchnevich is much more of a player than Jimmy VC is. Are we feeling in any way negative about Jimmy VC being just kind of shipped off for a third round pick in two years from now? My answer is no.
2: Why would we feel? Should I have any feelings besides cool, great, grand? I guess not. We
1: kind of shit on Jimmy VC a lot in this show over the past like two years. I think we we call him sort of a mediocre player. Is that fair? Um,
2: He's a bottom six forward. He's a bottom six forward that could score fifteen goals for you. Jimmy VC has a very limited role on a good team. The New York Rangers were never going to be that team for Jimmy VC, so ship him off. Save the two plus million dollars you save. Take the third-round pick. It's the second time the Sabres have traded the third-round pick for Jimmy VC. It's the first time they'll actually have Jimmy VC play hockey for them. Very nice. Um, yeah, I just— I'm not
1: sad about it Vesey, at all. A good Ranger, uh, no. a, a very good content for us a couple of years ago in the summer. Really appreciate that, Jimmy. But that's as, as much as you've done for me, really, if I'm being honest. Um, and, yeah, you, and, and,
2: and you gave away well, your two front teeth. Honestly, I, I mean, that means a lot. Yeah, and VC's a guy, simply VC not being on the Rangers next year, th- those are just minutes the kids can eat. Those are minutes that are gonna go to Brendan Lemieux, they're gonna go to Vitaly Kraftsoff, they're right. gonna go to Kako. Yep. Younger players are gonna get those minutes that need those minutes. So not having Jimmy VC on the team is great for the Rangers long term and great for Jimmy VC, honestly, because the Sabres will give him an opportunity the Rangers weren't willing to give him. So can't be mad about anything really. No, cannot be.
1: Uh so yes, we're going through sort of like the benefits of now signing the Panarin trade. Who do you think benefits the most uh from Panarin being here?
2: Uh, Mika's has been a, actually mm? it's not Mika Sizembejad. The guy who benefits the most from Panarin being here is Filip which is where we were going with this. The elephant in the room That's right now for the Ron. New York Rangers. Yeah, the the elephant in the room right now if you're the New York Rangers is we don't really know who's going to be centering the Rangers' second line come opening night. That's sort not of the
1: sort of the issue currently, isn't it? Where it's like, who's our second uh, line? I want to an issue.
2: Issues. Issues. Not the word for it, because again, the I, the Rangers have sped up the rebuilding process. But the Rangers, will, I think, will be the first team, or should be the first team, to tell you they don't see themselves as Stanley Cup contenders next year. There's a difference between playoff contending and contending for a Stanley Cup. The Rangers are going to be in a playoff contention conversation this is not one of the five best teams in the nhl so we can't really talk about them being stanley cup contenders um but for heatle bringing in a guy like panarin makes the second line better because you don't need pavel bucinevich on the top line anymore say say you do keep Kreider, you don't have to put Kreider and panarin on the same line one of them can now play alongside philipito you're increasing the talent and you're extending the talent through your lineup, right? That's it. We talk about this stuff with baseball all the time, where it's you you bring in a, a, a big hitting bat and it makes your lineup deeper. That's what the Rangers just did with Artemi Panarin. They, if you want to play a second line of Kreider, like if you want if you want to run KZB top line, you can. And if you want to put Heedle next to Panarin and one of Kravtsov or Kako, Oof. you can. And oh. it's just, it's it's one of those situations where Filipino is going to improve just by getting to play with better players. Like, think of the guys Filipino was playing with last year. I believe there was it, a lot of, there was a lot of VC. There was a lot of, I, I think, I don't even know. I he believe got he got some run with, with Brandon Lemieux. Cody McLeod at some point. He did, yep. uh, but he wasn't even playing center last year. Like he was on Kevin Hayes's wing until Hayes got traded. It's God bless Kevin Hayes, but there is a realistic possibility that one of Kreider or Panera. And if the Rangers decide to keep Kreider is playing next to Philipp next year. And I, it, it's not to say that Philipp is 100% a passenger, but if you increase the level of competition in terms of talent, that Philipp is going to be playing with Philipp is going to get better. So I, I would say Heedle benefits the most, or whoever the Rangers long term decide is their second line center benefits the most from Panarin coming in because Zabinajad Zb- didn't need help, right? Oh, really? Zabinajad is great. Okay. Well, that line if was one put, of the best lines you in put the league like With the He's yeah. probably an. It, it's nuts to say this, but Zabinajad could be like an 85 point player with Artemi Panarin.
1: That is sickening i I really want to see that, and I'm hoping we do. I want to talk about the centers real quick and just what you think about center depth in general so Mika would be line one obviously line two would be heedle that does that leave line three and four as Howden leas possibly
2: I would say so in some order um I don't think there there's been chatter about the Rangers possibly going out and bringing in a Brian Boyle type and you're never going to see, hear me say a bad thing about Brian Boyle. Love Brian Boyle. It's hard. If 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 we, we've talked about this before too, but mm-hmm. we're talking about veteran players that can come in and be an extension of the coaching staff where they feel Mark Stahl is that kind of guy and we wish it could be someone who could actually play hockey as opposed to Mark Stahl. Brian Boyle is the type of extension of the coaching staff that actually makes your lineup better on a nightly basis as well. Um, and if they bring... If they bring Boyle in, I mean, Boyle's not going to threaten for second-line center times, but it moves – it one, moves the three kids up, and two, does create competition for those two other spots between Hedl Anderson and Howden once again. Um, I I think it's perfectly fine if the Rangers want to start next season down the middle with Zibanejad, Hedl Anderson, Howden. and Howden. Yeah. I don't see any problem with that. Uh, I also don't mind bringing in a Brian Boyle-type – to create competition in the middle six. And if Heedle plays on the wing and thrives, fine by me. I don't need Filippito to be a center to be the best case scenario for Filippito. Well, I mean, I sort of do in a way,
1: especially with our center depth the way it is currently. I mean, I would love if if Heedle became a bona fide 2C. I mean, I, I think he might, ha- he might have the potential to be a 1C. Eh, we'll see what happens with Heedle in general, but I would... I thoroughly enjoy if that happened cuz if if he did, if he plays wing like were we going to run Leas Howden on on two on two and three and that would be a sort of a disaster wouldn't it like that's an issue uh, we're definitely not a playoff team if you're running Howden on your like on your second Z.
2: Yeah, but I don't think there's ever a scenario I I don't I want to again I want to call it a disaster like we're talking there's there's nothing the the disaster for the New York Rangers next year would be something like leah Anderson isn't an nhl caliber hockey player I, there's no disaster i you use the word disaster if the rangers don't meet expectations of some kind i just i think your expectations and my expectations are vastly different right now well let's, the rangers let's don't talk need about to make the next, playoffs next year to be successful
1: i don't think they're go- I, I think they're gonna have a shot at the playoffs i don't think they'll be all-time contenders for the cup like we said but I I do think they're going to be in the running, especially the games between them, the Devils and the Islanders, are going to be hell of fun. Like those are going to be really high intense games. I I think with the addition of Kako and literally everybody else we've had, praise be by the way. Um, I just don't see a scenario where we're not at least competing for those games. So I would like to have a competent two C, but is is the year still about development? Yes, and you're right, and I think that's what you're getting at.
2: Yeah, so I I'm just saying if if it's still a developmental. year, Year, which I think the Rangers would categorize this year as. they're expecting big leaps in their development, but they're still going to call it a developmental year. So if we're from that standpoint, the only thing that would be a disaster would be if the development doesn't go according to plans. But the Rangers could, a lot of players could take a leap forward and the Rangers don't make the playoffs. I would not consider that a disaster. If if Leas Anderson shows that he can be a solid middle six, even second line center, I mean, the middle six is the second and third line. Like if Leas Anderson can punch that weight this season, how's that a disaster if the Rangers go into the season just trying to answer that It's
1: absolutely not. And I think it's so funny that we've spent the past couple weeks talking about all these brand new players that are coming over. We're going to talk about them more in a couple minutes here, but we don't mention Leas or Hedalik at all anymore. And they're like 20 and 19. That's fucking insane. That's crazy. Our team is so young. So I guess that's why, to go back to Artemi Panarin real quick, I've kind of come to the side of being very excited for him to be here. Yes, of course, why wouldn't I be excited to sign one of the best players in the league? But I was sort of the the not-fit-the-timeline aspect ratio. That's always been like my big kind of mark against Artemi Panarin. Thing is, we have such a young team that are all cost-controlled. There's no better time than to spend on him now. And I kind of want to ask this follow-up question of, Artyom Vinograd is now the second highest played paid player in the league, and uh, second highest percentage of the cap hip. Now, obviously, that's going to change, like you said, when the TV deal comes in. Where would you have him ranked in the top ten of players in the league? Connor McDavid being one, obviously.
2: Uh, I mean, he is a top ten talent. Uh, I don't think I, there's any I, question. I, there's to no,
1: that. there's no fighting that at all. I believe he is a top I, ten I, talent.
2: I, I really don't know. I. It you, you gets uncomfortable trying to... Rank players like rank. that? Yeah, because, you know, Austin... Like, is Austin Matthews always going to be more valuable than Artemi Panera and just because Matthews is a center? Some people will say yes. Yeah, so it's, some people will. You're right. It It's it's tough. Artemi Panera deserves to be a high-paid player. The Rangers made him as such. Uh, and I just want to touch on timeline with you real quick. Sure. I guess even if you if you want to be the biggest skeptic in the world right if you want to be Sometimes the biggest... I am
1: I really am. I'm a, yeah. I'm kind yeah. of a downer I'm a nihilist I'm I'm a little bit like that
2: that that's fair so then the real argument with the panarin contract is worst case scenario the last 3 years of that deal could be bad right so in theory the new york rangers have opened themselves a significant 4 year window a lot of things. would you think how many things would have to go wrong for the new york rangers at any point in the next 4 years to not be stanley cup contenders
1: um i guess this this is what would have to happen cuz i you, you asked me to think of doomsday scenarios so that's what i'm here for uh Laius, yeah. Laius and Heedle totally bust out just turn out to be fourth liners uh hank retires obviously georgiev and and igor shishukin uh kind of just become mediocre goalies now I mean, Jeff has shown he could do it at least for one year. We'll see what he can do second year or if he's on the team even. Who knows? We might trade him too. Uh, the defense just ends up being like Adam Fox is above average. Jacob Trouba is above average. But the left side of the defense is total shit. And we don't have center depth because Benajad continues to be pretty good, not great. And we are sort of wild card contenders uh, first round
2: outs for four years straight.
1: That's sort of the bad part of it, right?
2: Yeah, so we're basically saying for the Rangers to be ass in the next four years. Yes. They have to strike out on their forward prospects. They have to strike out on their defensive prospects. And they have to strike out on their goalie prospects. Now, I'm not saying that all of these guys are going to reach their potential. But the whole point of the rebuild is to give yourself ammunition where if one of your bullets miss, you still have other bullets. And the odds of all of Adam Fox, Keandre Miller, Niels Lundqvist, Igor Rykov, and Lieber Hayek—even if you want to expand it, Matt Robertson—all uh, of those guys bust out. Then you look at the forwards. You you were saying Kraftstoff Kako, Hiedel. Oh,
1: well, I can't I can't say anything Anderson. bad about my my Lord and Savior. And and we'll get right. to Kraftsaw in a second. I've never. Spent some time around Kraft off very briefly. I That kid literally smells his own farts and goes, mm, these are delicious. That's how much swag he has. It's like unbelievable. You could tell how much he thinks he's the shit, but like in a humble, good
2: way. So the, the only way the Rangers don't fancy themselves a cup contender in those first four years, it's basically out of Artemi Panarin's control is what we get to. So I don't know. I just... In order for that contract to suck, it basically means the Rangers' developmental structure that they have in place is just big stinky poopy butthole. And I just have a hard time believing that will happen. Because even even if Anderson doesn't live up to the hype, even if Howden proves to be nothing more than a bottom six center,
1: Which even if
2: be. even if two or three of the Rangers defensive prospects don't long-term workout. The Rangers have put themselves in a position where they can miss on four guys and still be really good. And it's really hard to do that in 18 months. And the New York Rangers found a way to do it.
1: It is. Uh, I, I, you're right. And we do have a lot of depth that way. I mean, we, we went from the system of being one of the worst systems in the league to kind of rebuilding the entire farm system in two years. Like I think it's really funny to think about that. The letter was sent out like a year and a half ago. It really wasn't February that February
2: twenty eighteen.
1: That's insane. Like we're contending again. I I went to some events at MSG when that after the letter came out and there were some announcements like uh Alright, everyone that's season ticket holders here, you know what? You know, it's not gonna be that long before we're contending again. And in my head I was kinda like, dude, bullshit. Like it's gonna be a little bit. People need to be patient about this, but they've kind of done it.
2: I Well you've 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 argued with me multiple times I that I have. For for a long time Many I've times. said the Rangers are going to try to be competitive in 2019, 2020. I have to eat And crow. every time I would and every time I, I would say that, you would say, Greg, we can't think realistically about this team even being remotely good again until, until 2020, 2021.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I was at. 2021, 2022 is where I was gonna be. I was like, That's when yeah. that's when the cup runs are coming. Like that's where we're gonna have all the developed players. Just, like where the letter
2: came out the letter came out eighteen months ago. Compare it to massive rebuilds that have happened in other sports, right? Philly. I I know the timelines are different. Yep. Timelines are different, but it took, it took the Astros five years to get to where they took
1: Philly five years. And now we're not, let's, let's make this very clear about rebuilds. We are not the same caliber of teams of the teams we're going to name. Now, for example, the Houston Astros, definitely not the same caliber of team
2: no but i would i would say the the rangers rebuild is on the same level as the philadelphia 76ers mm, uh,
1: i think it's the sixers. time
2: timeline wise timeline wise the Sixers just the nick the knicks uh not the knicks the knicks, RIP the knicks. knicks are still rebuilding they it's hard to compare us to the sixers because this draft is like the rangers take ben simmons is capo caco right so
1: Oh no, is way better than Ben Simmons. He can like shoot. Probably,
2: I'm just saying in terms of <laughs> so, where they got in the draft. So right? yeah, yeah. Not yeah. not talent player. No, you're right. Kako is probably more like Embiid than he is Simmons. But on the rebuild timeline, the Rangers rebuild in terms of the 76ers rebuild would be the Sixers getting Ben Simmons. But instead of the Sixers just getting Ben Simmons, they also signed Kevin Durant. <sighs> like that's, that's that's what the Rangers just did in the rebuild they have they have their Embiid, they have their Simmons and instead of hoping and waiting for a Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler the Sixers went out and just got prime Kevin Durant
1: It's a pretty good move like anytime you could do that pretty good I, I would describe um Panarin as more of a uh Damian Lillard type in my NBA lexicon but maybe that's just me
2: um I th- no because I you Dame is not a top 10 NBA player
1: he absolutely is we can argue with this another time um absolutely is
2: I would have said top 15. I don't know if I would have said top 10. Uh, Either, neither here nor neither here. Not nor here. Not, not for this Point podcast.
1: Taken. Another time. Uh, I, just, I I do believe you're, you're, I have to eat crow. It's time for me to admit some things. And I don't like doing this. You know that. Uh, uh, no, you don't. Uh, you were right. The Rangers. You were right. Thank you. There was two things you were right about the entire last two years of this podcast like you and could, their names. You could their names you could names you could names of of, of what they're playing i'm going to go into it just give me a second give me you know a second to okay. talk here gregory you uh-huh. were you were correct the entire time about jacob truba
2: like the not sure what entire fucking
1: time and it got to Thank a point you. where it became a meme like you and jacob truba where it was like ah, oh, greg and jacob truba that's kind of cute and we had to kick your dad off this podcast to celebrate it then mm-hmm. You were entirely right because we've had this conversation. I I don't know if you know this. We talk literally every Monday about the Rangers somehow for almost four years. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh Uh, And you constantly said the Rangers' goal is to be good in 2019, 2020. And, it, Greg, you were right. And I was wrong. Uh, I I was all about doing the the rebuild the quote-unquote proper way. Not these things not fitting the timeline, et cetera. I wanted to draft more. I wanted to draft higher in the twenty twenty draft. I was not so sure about signing Panarin. I wasn't against Truba at any point in a single time, but I just thought he was a good asset. But it's just you were right, and it. I I think the Rangers are on the right course here. It's it does feel like a cool like a Yankee rebuild. Is that what we'll call it? Is this what we're doing? The Yankee rebuild because that kind of that's kind of what it feels like. Where we got what, the star. summer
2: twenty fifteen when they traded. Chapman yeah, and Miller. Yeah, tra-
1: trade all those guys, got got Torres back, got Andujar, not that he's playing right now, you know, et cetera. They signed, like, these scrap heap guys that are just kind of frisky. I'm sure we'll just do, do a little bit of that, like DJ Limithey, or whatever his name is, DJ Machine. LeMahieu? How I, do you not know I always DJ put, LeMahieu? He's been on my dynasty team for, like, 10 years, and I always put a T in it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm a
2: psychopath. Um, uh, yeah, it's it, – I don't know. It's, it's it, tough. It just
1: feels like – that like we and we added the star, just like they, they got Stanton, we got Panarin, kind of deal. Like, that's – it's just what we're doing. We're doing the semi, the two-year Yankee rebuild turnaround here. And, we're, like, I don't think we're done rebuilding. I think Gorton's still going to trade a lot of different pieces here. I still think he's going to draft as, as best as he can. I think he's going to be as crafty as possible. But he's definitely cemented himself as a top three GM in New York and a top ten or, or maybe top five GM in the NHL.
2: I'm going to let me, – let me run some names by you. And I want you to tell me how many of these guys you expect to be New York Rangers come
1: oh, this Oh, this is a fun game.
2: All right, let me, Chris Kreider, no. Kevin Shattenkirk. Oh,
1: you want, to, you want to go one by one or no?
2: Um, yeah, you know what? We'll go one by one. That's yeah, it
1: was, fair. It's a better way to do
2: it. Chris Kreider.
1: Uh, I would say, uh, I'm going to give you percentages too. How about that? 85% sure. no.
2: Kevin Shattenkirk.
1: 98%
2: no. Brendan Smith.
1: 70% no.
2: Ryan Strom.
1: I, I like Strom, and I would like him to stay on the team. Uh, I think he's a really good piece. The thing you've brought up multiple times about the buyout makes it, me feel like 100%
2: no. They, but I've, So you only get two buyouts over like a five-year period in the second buyout window. I will say this. I did not. Know if that. the Rangers are going to buy out Ryan Strom, they should have done it already. I don't see him as a candidate anymore.
1: Oh, I did not know that, and thank you for uh, educating me.
2: Uh, thank hockey stat He is all knowing
1: what a guy that is. So one of the best, if you're not following hockey stat on Twitter and you care about like anything or these fantasy daydreams for the Rangers, like you're doing a disservice to yourself. It's a little plug.
2: So you haven't, you haven't given me a number on Strom yet.
1: Um, it, I would say he's, he's most likely a Ranger then if that's the case, they haven't bought him out. Yes. They probably like him. So I would say like 80% yes. If that's the case,
2: if, I, if the I, bio, I if the bio now... window
1: isn't, isn't there, I think he's a really good piece to have.
2: And I, I think the Rangers like that he could play winger center. I like. I think the Rangers like that he's only on a one-year deal. If the Rangers get overwhelmed in a Ryan Strom offer, I'm sure they'll make the move. But I think Vlad Domestikov is the guy the Rangers are going to trade instead of Strom.
1: I think Vladdy is probably gone too, but he feels like a trade deadline deal more than he does a right a, uh, a an off season deal. I think he'll be here to start the season if that makes sense.
2: I everyone everyone's wondering how the Rangers and we've talked about this on this podcast literally this episode before but uh it does feel like the three guys the Rangers are going to jettison in some way shape or form to open up more cap room to sign the D'Angelo extension the Buchnevich bridge the Truba extension because those are really the last three big long-term questions the Rangers have to answer it just it feels like Kreider Smith and Shattenkirk are going to be the three That that Leave New York. And then Nemesnikov, I think, leaves too. But like you said, I, I think the Rangers would be happy to start the season with Vlad mm-hmm. and then trade him at some point in season.
1: Uh, Let's get to our five-star questions and then we'll do like uh, 10 or 15 minutes on the whole me meeting Capococco kind of deal. Lord and Savior. God God bless. Praise be.
0: Mm.
1: We got we have two uh, five-star questions. Let's get these out of the way. Actually, maybe three. Who knows? Uh, this is from Zapata. Two, uh twenty one eleven. Sorry about that. This is from Clendenning, it seems like. Do you think Adam Clendenning would come back on the podcast? If so, do you think he would eat two large pieces before calling again? Great podcast. I never miss a show. Love the summer rats when you guys let loose and things like the question happen. Keep it up, boys. Stephen Lo- uh, Lohmeyer. I, I definitely butchered his last name. Adam would never come back on the podcast. Um, and when he did come on, he did sound like he ate two large pieces. I don't think he's ever coming back on. Your thoughts on Adam Clendenning? Good for him getting paid, by the way.
2: Good good for him getting paid. I don't think there's any reason for Clendenning to come back on. Yeah. He doesn't like our posts anymore. It's not as fun.
1: I know. Rest in peace. Our posts and Clendenning. not him exactly. This is by Cock Alter Boy. Church of Cock Alter Boy. Hi there, Greg and Ryan. Let me first by saying uh let me first start by saying I love the cock merch. I bought a shirt. Um oh, this is a great plug. If you want to go buy if you want to buy Church of Kaka merch today. You can go to churchofkaka.com right now. We offer things like this person just said. Kaka Alterboy, he says, I bought a t-shirt, I bought a mug, and a sticker the day it all came out. What a loyal customer. Continuing the question now. Just wanted to get your thoughts on a few of the Rangers, a uh, few in ranking the Rangers of the middle six forwards. I want to say your thoughts are on Jimmy VC. He has gone. He's gone. This question yeah. was before that happened. Uh, but I feel, like, uh, I feel like he has shown moments of being a big time competitor. You can see him now on the Buffalo Sabres. Anyway, how would you rank these guys? Nemestikov, VC, Lemieux, Fast, Strom. Who would you prefer to keep? I think we kind of went over. I this mean, a I, the, bit.
2: yeah. The easy answer is Fast. Yeah. Uh, oh, I pro- <laughs> I promised the Meg update this week. I have to give one. And now that we're talking about Jesper Fast, it, it it triggered. Um, Wait, hold on. I I'm,
1: I have a question. Why would Jesper Fast trigger Meg?
2: You know this. Well, you're gonna. It's going You're gonna oh, remember. Yes. It. Now
1: I remember. And you probably should not say that, but are you going to?
2: Uh, I will only say that when someone pressed me on how I would describe uh Meg, my yes. perfect woman, yes, my moon and my stars, yes, um, I I said that she's a lot like Jesper Foss, yes, you did. In which she's elite at nothing, but she does nothing poorly. All
1: right, well, you did it. <laughs> and and God bless Meg. Hopefully, one day we have a Meg podcast or Caco bless Meg rather.
2: Hopefully. There were a lot of snaps this weekend involving the husband. So I, th- uh, I think lot a lot of husband experience. snaps
1: from Meg. Um
2: Yeah, I think I think she's feeling a little guilty, is all I'm
1: saying. Eh, I want to talk a little bit about meeting Meg? the Lord the Lord and Savior himself, Kabakago.
2: Oh. Um and some oh, some,
1: some of some of my takeaways from this experience. Well I guess I guess
2: we didn't really rank the guys he gave oh, we you're should right. probably answer the Let's question. Let's go back full. to Cock Alter Boy. Um so he gave us who? Fa- VC Strom Nomestic Fast.
1: Yeah, and uh Lemieux.
2: Uh, Fost, Strom, Lemieux, Strom, Nemesnikov, and obviously VC since he's RAB.
1: Same, but switch Lemieux and Strom for me.
2: I just think Lemieux has more of a long-term purpose for the Rangers. So I'm more curious to see what he can do with extended minutes than... We know what Ryan Strom is. Mm -hmm. He had an incredibly high shooting percentage last year. He's not going to replicate it because... Look, it's like asking a guy to have a BABIP of 500. It's just not going to happen again.
1: People understand that.
2: Some might. I mean, he had a higher shooting percentage than Alex Ovechkin ever did at any point in his career. There you go. Let me put it that way. There you go. So it's not going to happen again, but I do think the versatility of him being able to slide center or wing is nice. The fact that the Rangers don't have a long-term commitment to him is nice. Uh, we should also mention the fact that the Canucks bought out Ryan Spooner. So Woo! the Rangers ma- magically – you want to know where the point six came from on the Artemi Panarin contract? Ryan Spooner, That's, literally baby. Ryan Spooner. That's the Ryan Spooner bio. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather see Lemieux than Strom because I think Lemieux could be a Ranger for the next three years at least, whereas Strom, regardless of what he does this season, I think walks at the end of the year.
1: The I will start this segment by saying I got the chance to meet the one true God himself. And that was Tanner Glass. And I have some opinions and thoughts of Tanner Glass. Um, my first opinion and thought is a little appropriate. And I'm just going to get it right out of the way. Tanner Glass' is, like us is phenomenal. It's oh un- it's unbelievable. The pants Tanner was wearing, I like... It was... I'm trying to be appropriate in 2019. It was tough to look away. It was like, holy crap. Uh, my second takeaway of Tanner Glass is... That guy is fucking cool as hell. And I'm, I kind of, you know, all the flaming we did and like why they're like, oh, with they bench uh, Buchnevich and like all this shit we said against Tanner Glass? Well, it was more against Laman Yo, for being honest. I kind of understand why they had Tanner Glass in the locker room now. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the video of him sort of coaching the developmental league, but Tanner. Oh, did I ever?
2: I want him on the, I want Tanner Glass was always at the top of our dream podcast guest uh, list uh, we'll just get, because of, we will get to that. like, meme meme reasons yes but what tanner glass just seems like a fascinating dude and i think got the chance to talk to him very my dog is now making an
1: appearance in the podcast um voicing his opinion on tanner glass uh i got to talk to him very briefly hello artist sorry my dog's being a fucking asshole um I got to talk to him very briefly. He couldn't have been more of a cool guy. I gave him the one true God sticker we made for our Patreons a couple years ago. He was, like, laughing about it. He's like, is this a good thing? I was like, yeah, it's a great thing. He knew. Like, he definitely knew. Uh, And before I left, I I went over to him briefly. I was like, hey, listen, I'm a really big fan of yours. If you ever want to come on a podcast, you know where to find us. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, it's on the sticker. So that didn't go well, but I did want to harass him and be like, do you want to come on our show? The chances he comes on our show are pretty limited, uh, but I I do believe... There's, I'm going to just hope and pray to Kako that does happen. Some of my other takeaways from this sort of meetup, Uh, Keandre Miller is a huge man. He's gigantic. The
2: the story, the story that he's grown three inches in the last year, it, that, that, that's like fucking Gianna, shit. Yeah. Like that's not fair. At some point when you get drafted, it should be a rule that like your height is done. Whatever your draft height is. That should be it because the fact that Keandre Miller is now just this six, five fucking locomotive that the Rangers are going to have playing defense for them. Unfair. It's unfair.
1: It's totally unfair. Uh, I got to meet him in my church. of Kako attire, which is the entire uh, sort of Bishop costume. He seemed to like it very much and was a very good sport. Uh, he's just a guy that you want to root for. And he's going to be incredibly unfair on the ice. He, he's the guy I believe in most of all the prospects, for almost no reason. Like, yeah, his size is truly, like, amazing. It's going to be just this power, powerhouse on the ice. But his personality and his demeanor, like, just automatically tells me, like, you know how Belichick drafts those guys that are just, like, good, like, good football players or good football minds or, and good personalities? Like, that's the guy Keandre Miller is. And I can absolutely see why they, they traded up to draft him. He's just truly unbelievable. Now I will tell the story of meeting our Lord and Savior, Capococco. Praise be. Uh, I got into the costume. A lot of people took pictures with me. If you took a picture with me and you're listening to this, thank you so much. I don't know why you did that. I was online and I, uh, was waiting, obviously, to meet him. And he looked at me and he pointed and he smiled. And I was like, he knows. He fucking knows. He knows about TrishaCocko.com. I cannot believe this. We got up, Greg. I went to give him the shirt the uh, the stained glass t-shirt which where you can buy churchcoco.com and the pr lady immediately was like give me the shirt i'm taking it for him i wasn't gonna i was trying to hold the shirt up with him on the picture didn't work out uh we got to take the picture he was a great sport about it he was laughing the entire time the kid really has a good head head on his shoulders it doesn't seem like uh, i've seen a lot of like tweets and stories written about sort of how he's not really going to handle the pressure and stuff like that and I just don't see that. He's been handling this pressure for most of his life. He's been a big deal in Finland. Like like we are now. We're a huge deal in Finland, by the way. And I don't see how that's going to be a problem for him. He takes the time. You've seen on Twitter. You've seen on social media. He takes the time to like sign everyone's whatever they bring him. Pucks that they'll sell online like assholes. Anything you bring him. He signed my bishop hat. He's an awesome guy. And I just I, yeah. I, I can't thank him enough, really.
2: I, wa- I want to touch on the pressure thing quickly because I, I feel like In our minds, as people who have grown up around New York City, have grown up in New York City, understand what the pressure is or the media scrutiny is in New York, you think Capocacco has ever spent even a second of his life thinking about New York City before the New York Rangers drafted him? Like, pressure for him is anything involving the Finnish hockey team. I don't think Capocacco gives a fuck about what new york thinks about him at this point in his life and why should he it would be like you and i giving a fuck about what toledo ohio thinks about us yeah it doesn't like, matter it doesn't Those Bush
1: breakaway yeah. guys are total bums like yeah i don't care yeah. man
2: i like, yeah, it we, we we do this all the time like oh, are these kids going to be able to handle the pressure of new york like maybe keandre miller feels it because he grows up around the u.s media landscape he understands that new york is talked about a little bit differently than other markets but guys like Kravtsov, Kako, Shesterkin, like you think they really give a fuck about no. the pressure in New York? They've Shesterkin been dealing with does, their own kind of pressure. Shit. Yeah, uh, Shesterkin's been playing hockey for the best hockey team in the KHL, a team, by the way, that has major influence from a guy named Vladimir Putin. Like, that's fucking pressure. Yeah, This is going to be a walk in the park for Shesterkin. You think anyone in New York is going to give a shit about the Rangers as much as Vladimir Putin? gives a shit about his reputation. No, I don't think it's possible. Don't think so. I, so I, it's just, it's just, we always, we always talk about like, Oh, the pressure in New York. It treats people differently. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe if you've been around New York for 10 years, like I'm sure our Temi Panarin feels pressure coming to New York. These kids, no, they fucking don't. What fucking pressure do they have?
1: No, they just, they just don't have this pressure. And it it's was, not there. I, I have a few more notes of just from the meetup, which I, I want to just thank our good friend, Dan for, for inviting me to the, to the event. But when uh, they were switching places, they, they were bringing Kapokako over to the Russian section. They had a Russian corner where it was, like, Rykov, Igor, Vitaly Krastov, And they brought Kapo over. And, like, they were going to switch so that more people could meet him or whatever. The entire Russian section was like, oh! So, they're already ragging on him, which I thought was a really, like, nice bonding moment. Uh, which I, I – they're, like, already know he's the big deal. Like, everyone's there to see him, right? Like, they – even though, like, Igor is, like, a huge deal. And so is Vitaly Kravstov. Uh, it's nice to see that they're already giving him shit it seems like they already have that chemistry on top of that. You've seen the chemistry between Keandre Miller and Vitaly Kraftsoff. Like those two guys automatically have like this new sort of, you were used to the Carl Hagelin, Zuccarello uh, kind of brotherhood where this is going to be the new sort of like bromance you're going to be getting into. And Kraftsoff, like I said earlier, totally knows he's the shit. Uh, Igor definitely knows. I have to say, I went to go take a picture with Rykov too, and he, st- he tried to stay out of the picture. Maybe because I'm weird, or maybe because he thought he wasn't relevant relevant enough, but he definitely is relevant enough. And, uh, Niels Lundqvist is a lot smaller than I thought he was. I'll be, I'll just say that. But he's got a wicked shot. So, really excited for all these guys. I-, I think the Rangers are doing the right thing, and we have a really bright future ahead of us with a really great group of guys. It's it's the most exciting time we've ever had as- of being a Ranger podcast, outside of maybe the... The run against Ottawa, like was that the more exciting? This is probably more exciting, I think.
2: When, when it felt like Michael Grabner was going to be a thirty goal scorer, I remember us losing our minds at that point in time. And that, that was, I think that was the season leading up to the Ottawa playoff series. But even then, at my most optimistic, I don't think the anything looked as bright as the Rangers' future does currently. Of course, it helps when you sign a guy by the name of Artemi Panarin, Woo! who is pretty fucking Woo! good at the hockey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Rangers good a spot. They're in a good spot. There really nothing – no need to really elaborate on top of that because uh, when you're fucking good, you're fucking good, man.
1: I feel like we've hit so many different topics today. Uh, and is there any any big point we missed out on? I mean, we talked about VC, We talked about Kreider getting traded. Bucznavich, we talked about – Capo Caco, we I, we didn't really get to, but I mean, let's just say it, Capo Caco, great job. So there's just a lot, a lot of hope, and for the first time, we hope you guys will, st- if you're new to the podcast, we hope you stick around because honestly, we got a lot of good stuff coming, uh, and we're jo- we're not even done peeking. We're not even done. We're just we're riding this roller coaster. We're gonna keep going up, and it's never dropping. That's it. And I'm stuck with Greg in one car. I think that's correct, right?
2: Yeah but it, we're like we're we're like Bonnie and Clyde where uh spoiler alert at the end of Bonnie and Clyde they drive off a cliff the difference is they kind of did it in a we're going out together kind of way yeah. you and I are going to drive off a cliff because at one point one of us is going to want to kill the other person
1: that's happened 3 times and we're still here
2: yeah and 3 yeah. is such
1: a low number yeah. i mean that was really generous of me
2: i was explaining this to someone uh this weekend um they're just like if you don't like the guy, all the time. Why do you do it? And it's just the example I can give a uh, real ego boost to myself. You think Mike and the Mad Dog was good because they were friends? No. Mike and the Mad Dog was good because they fucking hated each other. Now we don't fucking hate each other. No, and we've been much better the last couple of months. The the good news is, I don't know. I couldn't imagine doing this podcast with someone that always agrees with me I or do someone. Not. Yeah. I, so I, it's good that I think you're an idiot. Most of the time, because You're it gives just me an content.
1: Asshole, so it's super nice, and I set you up to be an asshole a lot, which is great. I'm so good at you it. You got to do it. You got to do it. That's I love, what I'm here to do. I, I, I forgot who it was. It was like let Greg talk. I was like, what do you think I do? What do you think I do here? <laughs> where, where do you think we are? Ah, oh, man, fun times. Um, great week on Twitter. If you want to follow me and Greg, we've been murdering it. I am uh, at Orion Mead on Twitter. Greg is at Busher's Break. He runs the main account. There's two of us. And you can definitely follow us there. A lot new coming out. I believe there's a new Church of Caco Mill letter today. Possibly new Patreon goals next week being announced. Maybe some new merch.
2: We'll we'll so, we'll we'll, uh, we'll addendum that a little bit. The goals will be out this week. We'll talk about them on the podcast. There you go. On Monday. Uh, and for our ten dollars subscribers, it's July. Good news. That means you're getting a shirt. Not anything you have to. Get off churchikaco. or anything like that. Just exclu- we're sending you a exclusive shirt, to you. That's it. And you, you guys. Uh, all I can say is you're gonna love. You're gonna love the design.
1: A Little cup of cocoa. All right. Um, that's the big show for today. Honestly, if you have any questions, go to our iTunes account, leave a five star question there. You can always hit us up on Twitter too. But if you want the question answered on the show, iTunes, leave a five star review. Go there. If you want to buy any Church of attire, churchikaco. attire Sign up for the mailing list and. Follow us on Twitter. That's it. We'll see you guys next week. We love you dearly. Artemi Panarin is a Ranger. He's not an Islander. Bye-bye.